Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm super excited to have Catherine Bukwi on today. So welcome. Thank you so much, Monica. It's so great to join you today. Yeah. So today we're going to really dive in on how to declutter your to-do list because I know there, I mean, I think most women just have like an overload to-do list. But before we dive into that, just tell us a little bit about you and your background. Yeah, sure. So I am a physical therapist in Australia. We call it physiotherapist and I, I specialize in women's health. So pelvic health, uh, pelvic floor assessments, incontinence, prolapse, all those sides of things. And then also helping women exercise in a way that feels good. So whether or not if you've got pelvic girdle pain or aches and pains, helping women to whether or not you're pre-pregnancy, pregnancy or postpartum, helping them through this whichever stage of life they are so that they can really feel confident and get the most out of life. Like I see so many women who are too scared to go for a run or to play tiggy with their children. Like, I don't know if you call it tiggy where <laughs> you are, but playing, you know, some sort of game with their children because they don't want to run and leak and wet themselves. So being able to give them that confidence so that they can get the most out of life. That's what I'm all about. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And so, yeah, when we are women and we are moving into wanting to become a mother and maybe start struggling with it, there is a complete list of things to do extra on top of, you know, everything else we have going in, you know, going on in our lives. And I find that for a lot of my clients, I literally have to tell them to take things off their list and really get in that rest and recovery. Do you see a lot of, you know, the mamas and, um, you know, the pregnant women in your field, the same thing? A hundred percent. I've, yeah, uh, you've just totally, you've hit the spot here because as we were just talking about off air, it's a time when like as soon as we want to conceive, I feel our anxiety levels increase. And I remember it myself, just always, you're always almost waiting for that next stage. And then when you become pregnant, it's, you're worrying about the baby. And then when you have your baby, you're worried about how you're feeding the baby. So that point of deciding you want to conceive, I think our, our to-do list gets bigger. Our stress levels can potentially 
be elevated. And so this is a time exactly where we want to peel back and work out what's important here and how can I deload and just, you know, take the stress out of the situation. Yeah, exactly. What is your top tip then when someone's looking at this list and you know let's just be honest like when we start our journeys whether it be during fertility struggles pregnancy or motherhood there's a lot to do and there's I feel like a lot to do um in this society right like generations before didn't have to overthink all these things where we're the generation that does have to micromanage almost every aspect of our life until it becomes a routine. So what's your top tip in like starting really to declutter your life? Great question, Monica, because this is this is so interesting because as society, we're, we naturally have more information at hand, which is has so many pros to it. So for example, I'm a pelvic health physical therapist or physio, and I help women with their pelvic health. So leaking and prolapse. So for example, 50, hundred years ago, women had no idea about pelvic floor. Like it was unheard of. And as a result, women were having babies and just having to put up with these issues of leaking you know, these prolapse, which if you don't know what a prolapse is, you might feel that as a vaginal bulge, lump, pelvic heaviness. So the sobering statistics are that if pregnancy and childbirth, you're more at risk of these issues. Women who've had a baby have a one in three risk of having some sort of leaking, so involuntary loss of control of urine, um, and a one in two chance of some sort of prolapse. So although these are sobering facts, the it can be so empowering to learn. And this is why I love chatting about this side of things, because there is a lot we can do preventatively to help with these conditions and to help potentially prevent getting these conditions or if we do have this, getting on top of it earlier. So your initial question is how do we do deload and declutter and de-stress? It's a real balance, isn't it? Because we want to almost take find out what's just noise and then peel back to what is important um, and what what is stuff that we need to know about and this is where I think some basic pelvic floor health education should perhaps come into it when girls start to get their menstrual cycle like from school age because then we're not suddenly being bombarded with this, all this information when we're wanting to conceive because suddenly pelvic floor becomes and kegels and all those sorts of things becomes a bit of a buzzword. So it's a buzzword for a reason, but I, I wish more was done in our high school years, um, you know, during school so that we could just provide some basic information. So it's great we're chatting today about that. Yeah, I mean, there's that makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot they should have taught us back then, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> and um, I mean, coming down to like health and wellness and knowing our own bodies and being in tuned and knowing what kind of muscles are used with when you pee and have sex and give birth and all those things. So mm. um, yeah, that would be would have been really helpful for the lot of us. So you know, when we're talking about decluttering our lives and cutting through the noise, I feel like that's a really big challenge for women. 
um, especially with fertility issues, because what if that one thing was the thing that got you pregnant, mm-hmm. right? And um, it's really hard to let go of all that. But the fact of the matter is, and you alluded to it at the beginning, was when we're doing everything that all the gurus and all the experts say to do is that we're literally stressing ourselves out. And that is, I would say, in the top two contributors of fertility issues in the first place. So what people don't realize is that all the stress that they're putting on about trying to be perfect and trying to do all these things and doing all the things is that it's actually contributing to you know, the stress levels, the hormone dysregulation, the inflammation. But what I find most importantly is that it's the continuation of the habits that we were basically taught as women. This is what we were taught in school of doing all, always doing, Mm. keep going, 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 right? Figure it out. Um, So one of the things, I don't know if you do this with your clients too, is really get them in tune with what their body is telling them. And your body can will actually tell you yes or no questions if you figure out ways, whether it be muscle testing or, you know, just following your gut or giving it time, seeing how it feels to these answers, right? Should I focus on my fertility smoothie as much as I do? Should I take 20 supplements? Should I focus on, you know, like the movements that are going to support me uh, through my pregnancy and through my postpartum years? And your body will literally be like, yes, you need support. Go and work that out because you might, just like fertility issues, you don't know it's an issue until it happens. And there are so many things you can do to prevent yourself from getting in these situations, but we're not a society of prevention. We're a society of treatment. Yeah. Yeah. I like to boil it down to two things. So if you're going to, and I'm talking about it from a physical perspective. Okay. So I know there's a whole mess of other areas, but from the physical side, if we could just declutter to two things to just be aware of so that you can almost just quickly tick it off and it's gone from your mind. Do you want me to go through them? Yeah, of course. Okay. So the first thing, and this is something I think all women should at some stage do in their life, and that's screen for pelvic floor issues. And the reason is we just spoke about it. If you're wanting to become pregnant, you're going to be at higher risk of these issues and you're much better off to tick them off earlier. Plus, If we have got an issue, so I'll go through a bit of the list. Um, I also have a free checklist if you want me to link that for your listeners. Really easy yes, no questions. But if we, can you imagine how much stress or anxiety it would feel? I don't know if you've been in a situation, but if you're laughing with your friends and you leak a little bit, or if you're sneezing and you've got a bit of a cold and you find you wet your pants, like that, causes stress and anxiety so these are the sorts of things we want to get onto to then know how to manage so that can relieve the stress does that make sense um even issues like sexual pain it's called dyspronia if we've got overactive pelvic floor muscles because we're stressed or anxious or whatever it might be there's lots of reasons for it potential reasons but if we're having painful sex 
one potential cause is overactive pelvic floor muscles. And there's actually a lot of treatment available. And because sex should sexual intercourse should never be painful. Mm -hmm. So just a few of these little things we can tick off so that it's no longer an issue for us. So um, you can feel free to download that free checklist. Um, and then if you answer yes to any of those questions, I really highly recommend you go and see your local pelvic health physical therapist. So a physio that recommends in that area. So that's the first one. All women in this world at some stage should screen for pelvic floor issues because there's so much that can be done preventatively or if you've got issues to help nip it in the bud so it doesn't rear its head later. So yeah. when you're pregnant or when you've had a baby or when you're around the time of menopause or, you know, whenever it might be. So the second one would be like, are, are you like this, Monica? Like, do you feel exercise is something you need to tick off from the to-do list or you feel like you need to get in a workout or you need to do your exercise for the week or the day? Is that what yeah. you're like? Uh, not, not really, no. <laughs> I'm not like that at all. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, I've just come to realization that movement is all around. I don't like I go to my yoga classes, I go for walks. I I would like to lift weights more, but no, I, I'm not the type of person I used to be until infertility. Mm. So no. Yeah. And <laughs> but I think, I'm yeah. sure a lot of women are like that listening. Well, yeah, I think there's two sort of two ends of the spectrum. There's a sort of there's women who do a lot of exercise and we perhaps need to pull them back with the exercise if you're trying to conceive. And that's what you were talking about before, Monica. Um, and then there's women who could perhaps perhaps be doing more movement um, in their life to help support their body to become pregnant. Yeah. So there, it's a sort of two ends of the spectrum. And personally, I, I'm like you. I think if we can help movement to become part of our life, it's no longer a job. It's no longer a stressor. It becomes something that you look forward to because it really helps with the mood and you you feel good after moving your body versus being stuck at a desk inside all day. So, yeah, that's the other thing that – and everyone's different, aren't they? Like yeah. everyone. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important for women to know that movement is key um, and to find the right movement for them and understand that it can, it, it's just like everything, right? Like too much, too hard isn't good for your body, no matter what our society has taught us, right? It's not go hard at the gym and you'll be the healthiest person. Like that's absolutely not true. Um, so yeah, it's really finding where you are and, you know, what kind of movement brings you joy, Right. Like mm. hitting the gym, like might suck for people, but walking or a dance class or yoga or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree. Like finding that movement for them. Movement is medicine, isn't it? And I remember when I was pregnant with my second, um, I had pelvic girdle pain. And this is something that is quite common. It's either pain at the front of your pelvis or pain at the back. It's really common during pregnancy. And it can be debilitating. And I remember at the time I was working in a Pilates studio. So I had access to Pilates and um, therapists who could help me. But the act of getting in the car with my toddler, driving there, you know, having my toddler running around the clinic and pulling stuff off the shelves, 
like it was stressful and it was time consuming and it was hard work. Um, and I remember thinking after one class, I'm more achy, I'm more sore, I'm more exhausted after going to that class than if I'd just been, if I'd done 10 minutes of beautiful movement at home with my yeah. toddler next to me. And this is what encouraged me to develop my program because I was like, we we need to be able to move in a, a way that supports our lifestyle at the time. So whether or not you're working full-time and you're finding it too hard to fit in, you know, an hour class before or after work. And perhaps for you, a 15-minute workout at home it's something something is better than nothing and done is better than perfect and I think if we can almost take that it's like our again everyone's different some of us need to pull back some of us perhaps need encouragement to do more but I feel that was a massive adjustment for me is changing my perception of what is exercise um, and it sounds like that was yeah. a bit of a journey for you too yeah I think most people when you get to a space where you're willing to try anything <laughs> you're you're just more open to receiving that message and um the people who don't really enjoy exercising actually it's music to their ears it's actually the people who enjoy it and like to do marathons and hit the gym hard that are like what no you can't take that away from me I'm like yeah you gotta just find a different way for a while once you achieve your ultimate goal then do whatever you want but um mm. yeah you're right like it's it's so hard because you this whole journey everything right you have to find your own way. And that's why it comes back to your intuition and feeling into what your body is telling you and drowning out the noise. Just, you know, as we were saying in the beginning, you know, really, really start focusing on the things that bring you joy, make you feel good. Um, it doesn't feel like a to-do list and just hone in on that. Like, yes, okay, there are going to be things like eating liver, hint hint everyone that you should be fucking doing but um yeah just trying to hone in on on exactly what you need to do I still have memories as a child my dad used to sit us all down once a week and get us to eat this liver oh That's god so no hide it that's a, no hide that shit no I, way. I put, it up, put me off it forever yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Well, tell our listeners where they can find you and your amazing program. Yeah, sure. So I am Fitnessed Mama, F-I-T-N-E-S-T-M-A-M-A. -A. And the reason behind that name is, it, for me, it's not about necessarily fitness, like N-E-S-S. -S. It's about creating that nest, creating that home environment for whatever stage of life we are so that we can have our best life anyway so fitness mama at on instagram facebook website fitnessmama.com and i've got a podcast too and um yeah it's got some brilliant episodes so if you are interested in finding out more about your pelvic health um or once you're pregnant finding out yeah some great guest speakers and whatnot so come and check that out and the free checklist as well if that um if you'd like to just check that out it's super quick and easy to complete yeah that's amazing that all those links will be down in the show notes for you guys and yeah 100 i mean 
our job here is to get you pregnant and then move you on to people like you who are experts in those types of fields and a hundred percent get that support and get that knowledge because it's something that I didn't do and I've been semi-lucky um but you know having that knowledge is still incredibly important but Monica I'm just going to pull you up there because you might have been lucky now but the two times we're going we're prone to issues is pregnancy and birth and then the next spike of issues around menopause so I argue let's say you do become pregnant and you have a baby I argue that every woman needs to focus on this area because we're all going to reach hopefully menopause in the near future and we the the number one thing that women say to me in their 50s and 60s and beyond is I wish I had done this sooner and that's why I'm coming onto podcasts like it's like yours because it's the number one like it's so much easier to treat and manage versus uh, sorry prevent and manage versus treatment and this is relatively easy it's not scary it's not time consuming necessarily it's stuff that can become part of our everyday life yeah a hundred percent yeah not stressful yeah (laughs) (laughs) de-stressing well I'm 41 so yeah I mean I've got you know five years left so it's knocking on my door now so like yeah like you say just because I got lucky through pregnancy and postpartum and all that um, it could yeah and I'm all about prevention now so 100% (laughs) well thank you so much Um, it was a pleasure having you on and I hope you have a wonderful day in Melbourne thank you so much Monica it was so lovely to chat pleasure Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.